0: This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Ngunnawal people. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Our sovereignty has never been ceded.
1: Welcome to Reconciliation Roadmap, the podcast where we navigate the path to building better businesses through reconciliation. I'm your host, Holly Ferling.
0: And I'm Dixie Crawford, a proud Barkingey woman living on Ngunnawal Country. I am your guide to developing and implementing reconciliation action plans. With years of experience as a RAP consultant, I'll bring you the insights and perspectives that really do matter.
1: Think of us as your go-to RAP resource in your pocket, tackling all the questions that you've had. This isn't just a conversation. It's an actionable roadmap for your business towards positive change. Andy Dixie, let's talk about roles and responsibilities. And I guess just like a business or an organization that has roles and responsibilities I mean you've got your managers and it depends what industry you're in as to, to what other roles fit in there, those same roles and responsibilities need to be applied when it comes to a wrap. So can you tell us why it's important when implementing your wrap that you have those defined from the get-go?
0: Yes, well, if you do not know what you're doing or why you're doing something or how to do do something, my friend, you are just throwing shit on the wall and hoping that it sticks. That's the first problem that you're going to experience and face, right? And I have to be very straight up and honest with you about it because once again, the resourcing, understanding the purpose and relevance of the rap in the business, the third most critical point to actually undermining or undoing your potential and your impact of your rap is actually not defining your roles and responsibilities around who is doing what and how it is that they go about doing the piece of work. So it's important that you – allocate the roles and responsibilities and you individually don't bite off way more than what you can chew because that's the first thing, right? Is that if you put the role and the responsibility of implementing the entire wrap onto one person, that person is going to get burnout. They're going to be resentful. They're not going to have the greatest impact in terms of achieving the deliverables and they're going to be chasing their tail because it is a lot of work, right? So on in the average ramp framework, let's say reflect, for example, I think there's up to 34 deliverables, right? There's 13 action items. And in that there's about 34 deliverables. So if you have one person doing that on top of their workload, and this is addition additional work, it's problematic for them. So you need to make sure that you have defined roles and responsibilities, and you also need to make sure that if you, well, the, the problem will, with this will be is that if you don't have defined roles and responsibilities, you will not have consistency in your approaches, your actions and your outcomes, right? So people can either consistently pass the buck because they'll say, not my circus, not my monkey, right? So I don't need to do, to deal with this or it's outside of my wheelhouse or it's outside of scope of what our core business of our team is or our unit. So there's got to be shared responsibility and there's also got to be a shared role that people have in terms of the implementation. The other challenge that I think is really important that leaders must be prepared to engage in is that there needs to be at least two to three leaders that are all singing from the same song sheet, right? About the importance of the rap the organization's commitments and the expectation of engagement from staff and the rest of the business. If there are not people, rather than the per- one person, but if there are not people leading at the top and talking about or demonstrating the importance of the implementation of the WRAP, again, the visibility and the genuine focus of the RAP will get lost in the, in the day-to-day business of the, of the organization. So what
1: are some of those common roles and responsibilities then that an organisation can assign to implement through the WRAP and does that change based on whether you're a big business or the industry that you're in?
0: I think it's individually, right? So I've seen it work really well in big businesses, and I've seen it work really bad in big businesses. And I've seen small businesses be super effective and be very agile, right? You think, oh, small business, they'll be able to adapt to changes. Sometimes they can't, right? And then all of a sudden it's like the problem is bigger than Ben Hur sitting in front of them and they don't know how to manage it. It really will depend on the individual organization. It will depend on the resources that are available, and it will depend on the commitment and the visibility of your leadership team. In the organization. So, some of the common roles that I think are really critical to implementing, to making sure your implementation is effective, is to make sure that you have someone that can oversee project timelines and track progress. This person Is essentially your information gatherer right so they know what's going on when things are being delivered they're able to correlate and gather all the information and present it to your leadership team to the rap working group to the executive board whatever it might be right so you need an information gatherer the other thing that you need is someone who is going to be a champion or a couple of champions right you need a champion to open doors that are sometimes shut, particularly in a big business, right? So a champion will be the person who has the capacity from a decision-making perspective to make big strategic decisions about the business, but also people that have influence, right? So you need a champion or you need a couple of champions to speak about reconciliation and the rap in the rooms that you are not. You also need someone to be running comms and engagement across the business units, right? So if they're managing communication with the internal marketing or branding or communications team, you need someone to do that and to make sure that you are progressing and that you've got a calendar and you've got a structure. No one wants to hear about the rap only around rec week or only around Nadoc week or closing the gap day or apology day or whatever it might be. You need to consistently be communicating what it is that we're doing with the rap. You also need someone who has an eye for detail, right? You need someone who critically thinks and critiques everything. You want these people in your team because they see the things that sometimes others don't, but- You have to make sure they're not a Debbie Downer and also they're not a closet racist, right? Because critiquing is important. Consistently criticizing will become problematic and stop progress around implementation in the business. So just definitely make sure you pick that person based upon their skill set and based upon their capacity to actually contribute to progress rather than stopping things. I know you said it's different business to business, but are there any
1: like levels of management or sorts of employees or just even personality traits where they're suited for each of those different roles, or is it just so different based on different cases?
0: I think it comes down to a couple of things. It definitely comes down to interpersonal skills. It comes down to curiosity. But the main thing that you really need to be mindful of when making a decision around allocating roles and responsibilities is someone's capacity and their skill set to be able to deliver. Right? I, for example, am not super fantastic. What am I not fantastic at? I'm sure there's things that I'm not fantastic at, but because I think I am amazing, (laughs) I can't think of something that I'm not fantastic at. But, okay, so project management. There are some things that I'm really good at, but in terms of tracking every single step of a project is not one of those things for me. I'm an ideas person, right? I'm a creative thinker. My VA, Kim, however, attention to detail. We're a good team, right? So make sure that I I feel like it's a kind of you've got to find a really – a solid sweet spot, right? You know, like if I'm the softball bat here, but you've got to find the sweet spot of someone's interest, their passion, their capability and experience, and also the skills that they have. If they don't have the skills to solve the problems immediately, they're out. You can teach. Remember, there are things that you know. I'm just kind of this. I'm not old school, but I'm of this generation where I truly believe that you can teach people technical skills within reason, but I don't think you can teach work ethic, right? So there are things that if you give people the opportunity to keep practicing and being better at from a skills perspective, they'll develop. But the things around being an anti-racist, being a social justice advocate, around having uncomfortable conversations about racism, you can't teach those things. They happen for people because they're not afraid. They happen for people because they really are inherently, that's who they are. Right, that's their values, and you can start to learn those things. But it's important that you, um, and you can practice those things. But it is important that you find an alignment between values and skills to have when you're allocating the responsibilities and the roles within the business. So, how can organisations ensure that Indigenous voices
1: and perspectives are integrated through some of those roles and the frameworks, and making sure that that collaboration is actually being, I
0: guess, fostered in a really genuine manner and and with respect as well. It is really important because there are so many organizations that have raps. And this is the reality of it that people need to be aware of is that we can pick and choose who it is that we work with. Just like you can pick and choose which rap consultants you work with or community controlled organizations are that you contribute, you know, that you have a relationship with or that you donate to. There is choice and there is autonomy out here. In terms of making sure that you have the perspectives Embedded in your uh, roles, of, you know, in the implementation of the RAP is that once again, you've got to consistently build the relationships and have multiple touch points where you are consistently turning up to communities. So communities know who you are, they like the way that you go about your business, and they like you enough to trust you to build that relationship. It's really important. So engagement, relationship building, and respect is critical. The second point is to invite First Nations people to be a part of your internal and your external working group. It's important that you do have voices and that you have internal and external voices, right? So the people internally, they, they understand your business. They understand the challenges. They understand the opportunities. External people in the business will also um and sometimes to be honest, it's a bit tricky being the only being one out right being the only black fella in the business and having an opinion about reconciliation and also whether or not the business is genuine because if we start to call some things out as black people in a business where we're one out we become isolated and we become criticized and we have a really shitty time in our workplaces because we're asking the organization to come forward and be better and sometimes businesses and leadership teams are not ready for the reality of what our lived experiences are in the workplace right and so becomes problematic for us and we won't necessarily tell the truth or be very honest around um, or even want to engage right like in terms of telling the truth I mean you know people might just completely disengage like rather than even having a conversation about the rap they just might tap out and say I'm sorry I've got too much on my plate or I'm not interested or they may not even reply to your emails right and so one of the things that's really important is to recognize that no response is still a response around people's interest to do the work with us in in um, around the rap So. Engage people internally and externally. If you are engaging people for advice externally, you must remunerate people for this. So in terms of building the business cases and creating creating budgets, you have to be prepared to create budgets and to remunerate people for their cultural and intellectual property when it comes to helping you implement the RAP. Hey there, just quickly interrupting the podcast. It's Dixie here. I just wanted to let you know that on the 5th of December of 2023, I am running a RAP Leaders Masterclass. Now, the RAP Leaders Masterclass is for any leader within an organization who is responsible for the development and the implementation of the Reconciliation Action Plan. Now, as an experienced RAP consultant, I can tell you that what you might be experiencing right now in terms of barriers, in terms of your mindset, in terms of the challenges that you have in immobilizing leadership within the business, you're not alone. These are things that people experience all the time in their organization. And this is why I have developed the Rap Leaders Masterclass. I want to help you define your purpose and your vision and also discuss with you how it is that you've make your values visible within the business in order to have greater influence, be more effective and to gain more engagement within your organization around the purpose, the potential and the impact of the WRAP. We're going to be looking at performance metrics, we're going to be looking at project management, we're going to be looking at effective communication and we're going to be looking at how it is that you effectively implement the WRAP with practical strategies and skills. So If you're interested in this masterclass, please let me know. It is online. There's details in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. But what I want to do is support you to be the most effective and impactful leader that you possibly can. So we're looking at leadership skills. We're looking at practical action. We're looking at building a network for you with other like-minded leaders within the RAP network. We're also looking at how it is that you create a framework for evaluating and measuring the success and the impact of your RAP implementation. So there's a lot there, but if you would like to be involved, please let me know. Information is in the show notes and I would love to see you there. Let's get back to the podcast.
1: I know that you said it towards the start of this episode around the different roles and um, being a communicator was one of them. How could an organization go about communicating these roles and responsibilities in a really effective manner when they are trying to implement the RAP to make sure that everyone is on the same page? Because again, like it, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, I feel like communication or a breakdown of communication is the thing that is the easiest to control but it's the th- most common thing when it comes to reasons why things don't succeed or things just take longer.
0: Mm, yeah, it's, I think, don't leave anything to assumption, right? I don't what's that old saying, Holly? You know where they, um... You know, Ask, don't assume? Yeah, but there's something else, like... um, Assume makes an ass out of you and something like that oh yes yeah 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 yeah, what is that that's it it is
1: yeah she makes an ass out of you and me yeah
0: oh yeah okay cool I got it great love that for me um so don't assume that people know what you're doing or why it is that you're doing something or that they get it right because sometimes people have everyone has a particular bandwidth of information that they can retain and that they might be, and that they might be able to repeat back to you if you're, you know, if it's a good day. So be aware of that. Don't assume that people know what you're doing, how you're going about it, what they can expect, or the purpose of the wrap within the business. Do not make that assumption. So publicly share within the business who is doing what. What you can, what they can expect to see from you and from the leadership team, but also how people can get involved if they want to get involved. This is how you consistently communicate and you educate staff. Now, people will become educated and informed in a lot of different ways, and we've already touched this touched on this in a couple of other episodes but also in some of my content on LinkedIn I've shared there are different ways that people learn and understand about reconciliation about First Nations cultures and histories and lived um, experiences and perspectives so people listen to podcasts they read books they go to community events they will attend lunch and learns, they will go to a museum there are a lot of different things that people will do to learn so make sure that when you are consistently communicate make well one that definitely that's a point there is to consistently be communicating. communicating, right? Whether it be verbal or written on the progress of what needs to be done in the business, but make sure you are consistently creating opportunities for people to be engaged in the work. And I think finally, in terms of being able to educate staff on who is doing what and why from a roles and responsibility perspective is that you need to make sure that you are recruiting and that you are sharing with people why someone is involved in this particular piece of work, right? So, ensure the people that you're engaging have an understanding um, of their skill set and the value that they provide to the project and make sure that people have the time available to do the work and that people also have the confidence to lead on pieces of work and projects. Confidence is really critical in this space, if I'm to be honest, particularly as we are starting to. For some people, reconciliation work or working with First Nations communities is super unfamiliar to them right they become nervous about it they become worried about doing the wrong thing about saying the wrong thing about offending someone normal behaviour normal feelings normal thoughts it it is what it is right so you need to be able to create opportunities for people to to make sure that we're all on the same page we need to be consistently communicating and creating opportunities for people to build experiences and to develop their confidence i guess one thing that a lot of businesses
1: have in common is that things change Um, and how can, I guess the things that are starting to come to my mind, even within these roles and responsibilities, because just as people shift and change roles within an organization, how can you strike that balance or navigate that balance between accountability and flexibility when defining those roles and responsibilities, knowing that your rap is going to evolve over time as well?
0: Yeah, this is, this is an important point as well things change in organizations, things change in the social and political landscape around First Nations affairs. We don't know really what's going to progress as an outcome of the referendum. So if you're listening to this, you know, we're on the 1st of November, we're recording and having this conversation, which is a couple of weeks after the referendum. I don't really know what's going to happen. No one does. Right. And if I did have a crystal ball, I will definitely be trying to win that $40 million tomorrow night um, in Powerball. But I don't know what's going to happen and no one knows what's going to happen. So, accountability around our commitment is really critical around implementation, right? So, I've said this before and I'll say it again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you say you can and will do something, it's important that you deliver on that. If the state of play changes, no worries, it is what it is, right? But you must assess The impact of the changes on the implementation. If you can't mitigate the risks or changes, change your strategies and your approaches, you must communicate that with your staff. Because if you don't communicate it to your staff, then your organization May start to develop a reputation or there may be an opinion that is formed about us being not genuine and that this rap was just tokenistic, right? So things do change in organizations all the time. Again, it's normal. It's to be expected, but this is why you must have consistency and you must adhere to your governance structures around monitoring and, and the performance evaluation of the processes that are being made and the decisions that we, sorry, the decisions that we make and the action that we take around implementation of the deliverables. When it comes to
1: having someone having burnout, and I know you mentioned that earlier, that that's a really common thing that occurs across raps is having someone taking complete ownership and then basically lives or dies based on how that person's going within the organization or whether they're still there. Is there a way to ensure that the longevity of a rap through roles and responsibilities, making sure that, yeah, you've either got someone always lined up or that it's it's far more spread than just a few people
0: yeah it's it's critical that you don't burn people out so there's a couple of things that i the first thing that i do want to say to you is if you are a non-indigenous person actually it doesn't even matter if you're black or wh- black or white with the implementation of the rap it's really important that you get cultural supervision and advice and you have someone that you can go and have conversations with about how you navigate a particular subject matter, how you bring up a conversation, how you avoid a conversation or how to be effective in this. And sometimes – we just don't have the experience or we don't have the pathway, you know, neuro- neurologically there to say, okay, this is how we handle this, this situation because they're brand new situations for us. So having the advice and having a trusting relationship with, with someone that can give you that support is really important. So I do strongly encourage you as a rap leader in your business to have access to someone who can coach you and mentor you around implementation because if you are one out and you're having difficult conversations that are sometimes emotionally triggering, if there's discrimination, if there's some awful things that are being said, you need an outlet and you need a support to help you, you know, manage that. But what I would say is share the responsibility across the organization, recognize where people's skill sets are, but also recognize what people are good at and what people are not good at. And it's not about necessarily having that conversation because sometimes people don't like being told what you think they're not necessarily deadly at. And that's okay because I'm one of those people. Don't tell me what I'm not good at. Just tell me all the things I'm <laughs> amazing at. Um, but... Being able to support people with more and more resources will make sure that you have more more staff within your organisation. That one are aware of the wrap and the potential and the impact and the deliverables. But also, we are building more and more champions within the business to actually do the work. So, uh, you know, an example that I um, that I had recently is that the way that this can be successful is is through this, right? So, I was working with um, a prospective client and. I was talking to them about investing in a particular project that was going to cost $15,000, right, Th- which is related to the deliverables in the wrap. And I said, okay, this will cost you $15,000 to do this piece of work. It was the Supply Nation membership, right? So that's how much for the scale of this business it was $15,000. Just also a quick FYI, the re- the membership fees for Supply Nation is based upon your revenue. So this, this company's revenue was – was relevant to the membership fee of $15,000. So when I'm having the earlier conversations with staff members and my main contact, they were like, no, we're just, we're going to leave that. We're not going to be able to have that to do that yet. And then all of a sudden I get into the room with the decision maker, the big dog, right. In the business. And I explain what your options are around um, first nations procurement And what's going to cost you? So when you work with me, I provide you a cost benefit analysis around what items will cost you money, what items won't cost you money, or how you strategically go about it. This is my job. This is my role, and my responsibility is that I want to prepare you for implementation. And so we got into the room and we had the conversation, and all of a sudden it went from absolutely not. This is not, you know, this is not happening. Then we get into the room, and then it was just like, why haven't we done this? This is one of the things that's really important in terms of engaging consultants and being really clearly defined on who's doing what and how they're doing something because you need lots of different people in different positions that have different networks and different connection points and different decision-making roles within the business to influence change. And if you have this on the one person, it's not just about being people being burnt out. It's about there are consistently doors that need to be opened and you cannot put your hand on every single door. Sometimes you don't even know where those doors are. It's like Monster ink here, like which, which, what, what scary monster is <laughs> going to come through the door, right? What's happening with Sully here? So I think understanding the roles and responsibility and who's got power and influence within the business business is going to be critical.
1: I think that was such a really amazing answer because I think you've summarised nicely that, yeah, the way that things change within an organisation but actually more so too some of the success that you can have when some of those roles and responsibilities are leveraged effectively and sometimes, like you said, you, you really don't know what door can open what and that's what a rap consultant like yourself can do and and find within your business because there's always biases when you work within a an organisation you you only know what you know or your your own perceived experiences as well so um, I think Dixie this is the perfect way to to wrap up this episode I think you've highlighted just how critical some of these roles and responsibilities can be but also too it's not necessarily just sitting in the negatives of it it's it's the positives as well as to how that these roles can actually Elevate the implementation of your rap.
0: Yeah. And it's it's really, I I think I just wanna I just wanna leave with two points that I think are really important. When we're talking about roles and responsibilities responsibilities, we are talking about internal leadership, but also there's external leadership. And so as an external rap consultant, and an advisor who sees different things within a business, what I will say to you is that I will see things and I will have answers for things that you don't know that you um, have problems to or that you will have a problem with, right? Because I work on raps every single day. This is my job. It's my core business. And it's important that you have an awareness that what your organization is currently experiencing, you're not the first person to experience this. You're not the first organization and you won't be the last. Every problem that you are facing are the rap framework's been around for a very, very long time. And I hope it's around for a long time into the future. But what you're experiencing right now, you're not the only one. There's probably, you have the problem, same problem that someone's had a similar solution to right? So, don't get caught up in being poor me. This is overwhelming. We can't do this. There are ways to solve these problems. And the other final thing I just want to say from a leadership perspective around your responsibility, you have to remember leaders lead from the front with this work. And once you've finally built the confidence and the skills of your workforce, then you lead from the back right? You create opportunities for your staff and you build their capacity to be confident and to be capable around being the champion and being the catalyst for change of reconciliation within the business.
1: Amazing. I think you've summed that up very nicely and put it nice and simply. So thanks again, Dixie, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks,
0: Holly. Thank you for tuning in to Reconciliation Roadmap. If the insights shared today resonate with you in your business, remember I'm here to guide you further connect with me on LinkedIn or feel free to reach out to my business Naganyu so I can help you take your next steps towards a more inclusive and connected future. You can find me at naganyu.com.au or head to the show notes.